have a guest with me today who is, he is out there um, really doing the Lord's work. He, he, uh, he is speaking for law enforcement. He is, and his organization are reporting on what law enforcement is doing, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, Kyle Reyes from Law Enforcement Today, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me on the show. Now, Kyle, you're, you're not a police officer, and yet here you are. You are neck deep in this profession. How the heck did that happen? You know, it was kind of by accident. So my background, I worked in the media for years. I was a producer of news and special projects and I run a marketing agency. And so we did a ton of pro bono work in the law enforcement space. Uh, we had vowed to donate a million dollars in services to tell the stories behind the uniforms because most of my friends and family are in law enforcement. And a few years into that, Robert Greenberg, uh, captain, the founder of law enforcement today, he asked me to be the national spokesman for LET. And I said, you do realize I'm not a cop, right? He said, yeah, that's exactly why we want you to do it. I said, I'm not following you. He goes, you could do one thing we can't do. So what's that? He goes, well, you can run your mouth and no agency could fire you. <laughs> and so, it, you know, he was spot on about that. Um, there's, there's such a disconnect right now between the media and law enforcement agencies and the community at large. And it's our goal at law enforcement today to bring you the, the no BS stories about what's really happening out there and really bridge the gap between civil servants and the community. Now, Kyle, and I, I just have to say, that's one of the reasons I'm the spokesman for the National Police Association, because uh, like you, I can't be canceled. Right. Yeah. I, I, uh, I own my own training company, so I'm the boss. You can't call somebody and tell me to tell them to fire me. I'm retired from my police agency. And uh, and that's the thing we we how does cancel culture <clears throat> affect the media and the news that people get today? How does that affect it? I mean, it's out of control. So if we look all the way back the last couple of years in terms of what's happening with censorship on social media, censorship and cancel culture really go hand in hand right now. So we're seeing massive widespread throttling of pro-law enforcement voices. We've experienced it at law enforcement today on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and YouTube, you name it. Um, we've had our share of trolls come out at our marketing agency because they know the work that we do in law enforcement. And so they've gone after us in the past. But cancel culture is this terrifying arena that we're in right now where, you know, whether you are a uh, pro-law enforcement or conservative or you say something that people don't want to hear, it's immediately, let me shut them down and put them out of business. And, and that's kind of scary. Civil discourse is dead. So, Kyle, talk about, for example, what's happened to law enforcement today on Facebook. You have an amazing presence on Facebook. And, and yes. yet it's been tinkered with, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, Facebook has, has launched a full out war on a lot of these pro-law enforcement voices. Last year, we were reaching an average of about 100 million people per month, just a huge, huge audience. Uh, right now, we're back down to around 70 million people per month. Now it's a combination of uh, Facebook putting post limits and, and throttling the pages and declaring that articles are spam despite the fact that they're not. But it's not just Facebook. I mean, LinkedIn permanently shut down law enforcement today and every one of our personal pages that were associated with it. And when we asked why and went through the appeals process, they said, well, it's, it's fake news. And they sent us a list of articles. 
they were the same articles that had appeared and we cited all of our sources. We have 151 writers across the country, most of whom are either active or retired law enforcement. Um, all sources were cited, the same articles appeared on everything from CNN to Fox News, but these trolls came out in full force and they reported it as fake news and LinkedIn turned around and said, well, we don't have to prove that it's fake news, we're just shutting down all of the pages. So it's, it's out of control. And it, you know, when you think about, we have what, 850,000 law enforcement officers in America, you consider the amount of retired officers, the amount of uh, businesses that operate within the industry. There's a huge presence of people who work in the law enforcement arena, and yet LinkedIn decided that they don't want to hear those voices. See, that's just extraordinary. And it's, it's nothing more than censorship. It's absolute censorship. And because they are a private company, you know, you basically have no, uh, no recourse. And that's the same with all the social media companies. And I know it's very frustrating because the the i will tell people that what you guys do at law enforcement today is you report facts and you source them and i know that you do that because you have to and and your team of writers i it, you know they're they're absolutely extraordinary and 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 yet you know you're being told by linkedin that you're, you're fake news, you're being, you know, pushed down, uh, you know, at Facebook and Instagram. And uh, that just must be incredibly frustrating. Do you think that there's legislation that can change any of that? Yeah, I mean, I think that we have to look at the Communications Decency Act of 1996, which we've been preaching about for literally years now. Um, here's what's scary. I don't think anything's going to change because I think the biggest opportunity that we would have had to see change would have been under President Trump because he was pushing for it. He was vocal about it. Um, that, that obviously has gone away. And I think the sad truth of it is that a lot of these big platforms have such highly paid lobbyists and so many of them that are operating on both sides of the political spectrum, Democrats and Republicans. Um, they will not allow this to happen. And it's scary, regardless of whether or not people like or support President Trump. If we look at the mass censorship and how every single one of these platforms has removed him, well, that's President Trump today. That's you tomorrow, whether you're on the left or the right. And that should terrify every single American, regardless of political affiliation. So is there a legislation that could be passed? Absolutely. Should we start regulating these platforms as if they were municipalities, perhaps? I think that's a strong step in the right direction. But, you know, again, it's, it's us today. It's President Trump today. It's everybody tomorrow. Kyle, what, what is the advantage for politicians or for certain groups to create this hatred of law enforcement, to gaslight, to throw, literally throw gasoline on the flames of the hatred of American law enforcement. What's in that for these groups? What's their advantage? I think people are afraid of cancel culture. I don't think it's so much an advantage as much as it is, I think that they are terrified of the, uh, the vocal, organizations that come out there and call for their cancellation. And listen, I'm of the belief that you can only pander so hard, right? Like let's look at, at Reebok and Walmart. These two companies came out and pledged $300 million combined towards battling racial, racial inequality. Huge donations to the Black Lives Matter movement. Well, what were some of the first stores that were burned down in some of the recent riots? Were these locations? You can only pander 
so hard to this cancel culture and you're going to be next on the list. Well, those Black Lives Matter people in leadership need all those new houses, right? Um, that's correct. And that's the thing is, is people, you know, no, nobody wants to be called a racist. That's one of the most abhorrent things you can say to someone in this country is you're a racist. And, uh, and, and, and yet we, we have, you know, we're law enforcement officers by the very nature of our jobs, we're being told that we have bias, implicit bias. So we're biased, even though we don't know we're biased. Um, we, we've kind of lost all, all logic. And, and one of the things that you do, Kyle, is that you get out there and, and you also do training. You talk to law enforcement leadership about how they can combat these attacks, how they can put their police officers and their police departments in a more positive light. And I think that's really lacking in law enforcement leadership today. Talk a little bit about what you do, how you do it, and, and how you think police leaders should respond to some of these outlandish attacks. Yeah, I mean, listen, when I worked in television, we learned how to take a seven second piece of body cam or dash cam footage, take it completely out of context, and make law enforcement look bad. We were trained on how to do that because it was good for ratings. Um, that was back in you know the early 2000s is when I was trained on how to do that. So now we do at, at our marketing agency, the Silent Partner Marketing, we do a lot of public relations and crisis communications. We work with a lot of unions and train them on First of all, how to manage the, the crisis, because it's, you know, these crises are happening every single day in so many different ways. But we also teach them how to be proactive and how to get out in front of the community. So, so many of these agencies and unions, for that matter, have antiquated social media policies that go back to the first few years of Facebook. They don't utilize Instagram or uh, TikTok or Snap or any of these platforms to build positive community relations. And as a matter of fact, they tend to sometimes go after officers that are doing it in a very positive light. They'll give them a hard time for doing it on duty if they haven't gotten sign off on it in advance. But those are, I mean, how many, listen, you've seen it before. How many cops hate dancing cops? Right? Exactly. All the time. They will give them so much grief and literally crush their souls. But go on TikTok and, and look at some of these dancing cop videos and look at the feedback and the comments. The community loves it. Wouldn't we rather see the community having those positive conversations and having a good time than see the, the big push for the defund the police movement? And it's also an opportunity for agencies and unions to get out there with facts. There was a study that came out that said that uh, the liberal population believes that there were more than a thousand unarmed black men who were shot last year. Well, we know that the truth is that that number was, I believe, under 14. And yet we're doing nothing to combat that with social media. We're doing nothing to humanize officers because we're afraid of violating social media policies that we created 15 years ago. And so one of the things that we work on is how to update those policies and how to build those community relations and engagement before it's too late, before you have that officer-involved shooting that even though the optics of it are very, very bad, it may have been a justified shoot but it doesn't matter because once the media gets a hold of it and once that seven second out of context body cam footage is released, it's game over. Absolutely. That's that's so well put because, you know, the, the very often the truth doesn't matter. It's rather it's the last piece of video that somebody saw on their Twitter feed or 
on their Instagram. And you're absolutely right. You know, my husband and I are out there talking to law enforcement leadership as well. And you've got a lot of law enforcement agencies that are just kind of now getting on the Facebook train. And, uh, and that, you know, that's so 15 years ago. We've got to look at Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok is the big thing now. And, and TikTok is so user-friendly for law enforcement. And there are so many young police officers out there in agencies who absolutely know how to make these, you know, 25-second feel-good videos showing the public the good things that we do. You know, it's not just about Facebook. And everybody loves a good, you're right, even though I hate them, a good dancing cop video. Everybody loves a police officer saving a puppy. Everybody loves a police officer at a child's birthday party because that child was bullied. We don't do a good enough job of showcasing the amazing and, and heartfelt things that police officers do. And so people have this absolute false information in their head that all police officers do is hunt down young armed black men to try and kill them, right? But that's, I mean, a lot of it comes down to, to the humility that law enforcement has, the, the humbleness of saying, that's not why I do it. I don't do it for the community relation accolades. I don't do it for the awards. Cool. Great. And I appreciate that tremendously. But if you're not putting it out there, there's only one narrative that is out there. And it is that anti-law enforcement narrative. We do. So right here behind me, some of your, your viewers are probably going, what is with all that booze behind this guy? Well, this to us, this is a, a big story. So we invite active and retired emergency responders and veterans to the whiskey wall. And this is part of our studio at law enforcement today. They bring a bottle of whiskey. We sit and on camera, we share a cocktail and they tell you a story about a good day on the job and a lousy day on the job. And then their name goes on the bottle and the bottle goes on the wall. This is how we humanize them to show that there are good days and, and there are bad days. And so we've traveled across the country with this show trying to tell these stories. We've had the first officer in the door at the Pulse nightclub shooting, the Aurora movie theater massacre, uh, Sandy Hook, Parkland, uh, Dallas Five survivors, because these are stories that, that are happening every single day. Stories of heroes, stories of, of quiet warriors protecting people. Uh, stories of deliveries on the side of the highway and agencies are so quiet about that because that is not why they do what they do. But I'll tell you what, if they don't start telling these stories, we're going to be in a lot more trouble because this defund the police movement that focuses on, on the idea of systematic racism, as opposed to the facts that show that that's not actually applicable or, or true, that is the narrative that the media runs with. Absolutely. And, and, you know, you're doing so much to combat that, uh, that narrative at law enforcement today. What, what is in, in this terrible, you know, age of 2021 and, and the defund the police? Now we're talking about not just reimagining the police, but now we're talking about let's eliminate, let's eliminate the police or let's, uh, you know, take their weapons away. What's your focus at law enforcement today on, on these insane new initiatives concerning law enforcement? So I actually think the abolish the police conversation is a great conversation. And I'll tell you why that's a great conversation, because it's so extreme. It is so extreme that it's taking people who were in the middle of the road going, yeah, maybe we should defund the police. And those people are now going, whoa, 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 
what? I mean, look at New York City, right? New York City, it's like Gotham City when they released all of the criminals. And that's literally what's happening in New York City. We saw it at the beginning of COVID where these, you know, Rikers Island inmates were being released with gift cards and hotel rooms. So now all of a sudden people who, who may have been like, I'm not a big fan of police because I once got pulled over and a cop screamed at me because he was having a bad day. They might have been pushing for that defund the police movement. And now all of a sudden, like, wait a minute abolish the police that doesn't make any sense and so i think that the extremism of you know the squad for example pushing to de to to abolish police i think that's the greatest conversation that could be happening right now because it's taking people who are in the middle of the road and, and making them realize we have a problem uh, you know i think the the facts of the defund the police movement removing train like listen if we all of a sudden saw a massive surge in the number of people who were dying of heart attacks are we going to say, you know, we got to get rid of doctors because doctors suck. It's time to eliminate cardiothoracic surgeons. Or are we going to say, you know what, if we have a lot of people dying on the table, maybe we need to provide some better training for them. And so one of our goals at Law Enforcement Today is to educate people on what's happening in the community, what's happening with this defund the police and abolish the police movements, and why it's so necessary to provide more and better and advanced training to law enforcement. I've never heard a cop in my entire life say, you know what, I think we have too much training. I think we need less training. I'm the best shooter that's out there. You know, we, we have the best de-escalation in the world. Every single one of them wants more training. And so we should be delivering that, or at the very least on our side, educating people on why that's so crucial. And yet, when we talk about defunding the police, one of the first things that goes is training. And, you know, we're having a national conversation right now about taser, taser versus firearm. Most police officers train with that taser once a year, if that. And, yep. and, and right now, even with our firearms, because ammunition is difficult to find, um, you know, we train with our firearm. You'd think that we'd be on the range every week. And in most police departments, we, we are doing firearms training maybe four times a year. And the less money that we have to pay those cops to train, to purchase ammunition, um, the, the less safe the public is going to be, right? Absolutely. And we've also seen, uh, you know, in different schools across the country that train, whether it be state police or local police, um, removing ground fighting training. I think it's a huge mistake. I, I think we should be allocating funds, even if it's for officers to go train on their own time and be doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I mean, BJJ implements tremendous control tactics that keep people alive. It keeps cops alive. It, it keeps other people alive. There was a, a sheriff out, and I believe it was North Carolina, who as soon as he rolled in, he said, we're going to phase out tasers. We're going to eliminate them. How does that make any sense whatsoever? Because now you've got a five foot nothing, 90 pound female officer who gets attacked by a, a dude my size. Mm -hmm. Well, what's, what happens next? She will have no choice ultimately, but to turn to lethal force. And so implementing more training, more support, everything from taser training to, uh, you know, let's stop removing some of these less lethal options and get these men and women trained on some ground fighting techniques. That's how people stay alive. That's not how they get killed. Well, Kyle, you sound like you have some room for optimism. And I'm, I'm so happy to hear that. Now, I think maybe people think that law enforcement today is a news resource just for cops. That's not true. Tell people 
how they can find you, how they can see some of the excellent reporting that you do and, and read the writings of, of your huge cadre of uh, fantastic authors. Thank you. Uh, LawEnforcementToday.com is the website. We also have uh, another website. It's called letunity.com. So letunity, it's sort of our back the blue club. That's where we put all of our video content, all of those the stories across the country. Um, I'm going to be down at the border again this month, capturing the true stories of what's happening with the border crisis. All of that goes on letunity.com. And all of those proceeds get reinvested back into telling more of these stories and hiring more active and retired cops and supporters. But you're right. to us, it's not just about telling stories to cops. I mean, you guys all have that internally that you're sharing stories anyway. We want the community to see the impact of policing or lack thereof and how it affects your families. I mean, listen, I have three little girls and, and a fourth kid on the way. And I'm terrified about the future of the country. And so it's important to my wife and I to know what's going on and to be active and involved and to be able to have those conversations and know how to protect our own family. So we don't just cover what's happening in law enforcement. We cover what's happening, you know, writ large in terms of, of law and order and the policies that impact law enforcement. So we've gotten grief from some people in the past about being too political, but the reality of it is that politics, whether you're on the left or the right, it impacts our safety in this country. And so we won't shy away from those conversations and those stories because it, it, our country is far too important and we are in such a scary place that we have to start fighting back and protecting what's important to us and, and our true American values. Kyle Reyes, you are a terrific guy doing an amazing job in a tough atmosphere. We so appreciate you. And if you would like more information about the National Police Association, visit us at nationalpolice.org. This year, over 50,000 law enforcement officers have been assaulted while on duty. A vast number of these attacks were filmed and uploaded to social media in the pursuit of likes and attention. What they want to do is film you instead of like, what can I do to help this officer? Together, we can change this disturbing trend. If that individual would have hit the right spot, you know, it, it could have been it for me. You know, last time I would have saw my wife, my kids. I'm Mike Solon. Law enforcement officers need your support. If you see an officer under attack, then follow these simple steps in order to help. One, call 911 and give the officer's exact location. Two, ask the officer if you can assist. If the officer accepts, then do whatever you can do to safely help. Three, if the officer declines, then start filming and be a good witness. It's time to stop filming and start helping.